ladies. <laughs> we are still going to wait for just a few more people to keep popping on, but good morning. Glad to see you, even though I, you can see me and I can't see you, which makes me kind of sad. But um, hope everybody's having a great Friday morning. It's not horrible weather. So I was telling Deb, Deb Davies here too, and I was telling her, this is my first time to come into Cape in uh, close to three weeks. And I can't believe all the differences, the construction and everything. It's all, it looks, there isn't a stoplight. There's a stoplight now they're putting in there across from the uh, conservation center. I was like, wow, this is, I wonder if another three to six weeks, how different it's going to look. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, they have lighter traffic to get all that construction done, so that is nice. Okay, are we ready? Okay, so first I want to start off and say thank you so much for inviting me to give this talk today. I have always enjoyed studying about different personalities. I think it's very interesting to see how God makes us all unique and different. Um, I feel very honored um, that I was asked to come talk to you today. Because I do remember, like Charlene was talking about, I remember my wonderful years in MOPS and the many helpful and informative speakers um, that we had. And I pray that I can be that for you all today. I hope this information is a help and a blessing to you. But I can tell you that this is not how I thought this talk would be going. <laughs> um, and as a very strong, popular sanguine, which we'll learn about what that means here in a few minutes, um, this will be a little bit harder for me to do. Popular sanguines, we work well off of talking in front of people. And <laughs> so my sweet audience of two, I'm thankful for Deb and Charlene. But I do wish that all of you could be here with us and I could see your beautiful smiling faces as well. But I'm thankful and grateful for the technology we have that at least allows us to still do it this way and get you some um, information because of the technology that we're blessed with. So, um, I think I know many of you, uh, but for those of you that I do not know, let me just kind of briefly introduce myself and let you know who I am. Maybe we can find some things in common that you can relate to me a little better. So, I have been a child of God for a little over 27 years. I've been married to my wonderful husband, Greg, for 23 years. I've been a mom to Matthew for 16 years and a mom to Gabriel for, it'll be 13 years next week. So he's almost turning 13 a week from today. Greg and I met when I was a little older. So I was one month from being 28 when I got married. We had ended up having about six years of infertility. So maybe some of you can relate with that struggle. Um, but then after that, we finally were blessed with Matthew when I was one month from being 36. So I'm an older mom. And we had two miscarriages that were very hard and heartbreaking for us um, before God blessed us with Gabriel almost four years later. So I clearly remember being a 40-year-old mom, still nursing my infant son, and coming to MOPS each month um, for the encouragement and the conversation and the help and guidance um, from the MOPS group. So I hope that some of you can find some things that you can relate to in that little bit of an induction. Um, I worked for 15 years outside the home. I worked for 10 years at the university and five years at um, Big Brothers Big Sisters. But I will say that my best job I've ever had 
has been a stay-at-home mom um, for the last oh, 15, 16 years. So the pay may kind of stink, but the fringe benefits just cannot be beat. So through all of life's many ups and downs, I am thankful to see how God has always been with me, and I have really learned to totally trust him and his hand on my life and to go where he leads me and to praise him in the good times and the bad times, which we all experience. So I hope and pray that you can each find some comfort in whatever struggles that you are dealing with at this time, and that all these new things that we're struggling with, that you can just know to turn to God and to seek him and trust him for his plan. I know that has been a benefit to me. So, okay, getting into, I hope you all are here now, and let's talk about understanding different personality styles. And why is that helpful or important? Uh, we all know that we are created uniquely by God and that many things can affect our personalities. Scientists kind of differ on how much of our personality is based on genetics versus environment. But we do know that our genes and how God designed us and how he made us do influence some of how we react and some of our kind of innate personality traits. Um, Scientists do say that you have very little choice in some aspects of your personality. No more than you would do, um, no more choice than you would have in, you know, what size feet you have or what kind of nose you have or what hair color you have. So since we cannot choose many aspects of our personalities, it's helpful for us to be able to identify and understand them better. So we learn more about what makes us tick and we learn about what makes other people tick <laughs> and why they react or act in the way that they do. So sometimes in relationship we can struggle to understand each other and why we choose to do different things different ways. It can be difficult to put ourselves in another person's shoes and understand um, why don't people just do things you know, the right way. What we're really saying is why don't they do things the way that I would do them because that's my personality style. So not understanding your personality style and other people's personality styles and unique characteristics can cause conflict and problems in lots of relationships, in our marriages, in our families, with our coworkers, and even with people at church or in MOPS groups. So I do want to start off this talk with a caution. Be careful to not take this information and use it to try and change or manipulate your spouse or your children, or anyone for that matter. I would think that by now we all know that we cannot change anyone, and that really only the Holy Spirit can do a work and change, and only that way if the person wants to change with the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's make sure that we're using the information today to celebrate and understand our loved ones and to make our relationships better and stronger and to work on making sure that we're utilizing our strengths and minimizing our weaknesses so that we can help one another and have more successful family and personal relationships, work relationships, all those kind of things. So. Um, the information that I'm giving you today is taken from a book series written by an author named Florence Litterauer. Really, really enjoy her, her books. She has three books, Personality Plus, Personality Plus for Couples, and Personality Plus for Parents. I've read all three, but I would really recommend this one, Personality Plus for Parents. So you can go on Amazon and eBay or get those. 
Um, all three books are good, but this one I think is the best, not only because you all are all in a situation of being parents, but also this is the only one that helps you in a kind of a concise way identify your personality strengths and weaknesses. And then the awesome thing that I love about this book is it helps you identify your children's personality style and tendency. And then it does a comparing and contrasting. It goes through and say, okay, if your personality style is this and your child is this, how do you parent or discipline or encourage or teach and train this child that has a very different personality style from yours? And it's kind of some, oh, tips and ideas and things um, that can help you. So I really recommend. I think this one is, is probably the easiest to read and the most helpful. So Personality Plus for Parents by Florence Litterauer. And Litterauer is spelled L-I-T-T-A-U-E-R. So... Um, so as you can see, you know, this is an extensive topic that lots of books have been written on. So I'm just going to have a few minutes here with you today. I'm going to kind of give you the cliff note version, um, but you can go and do your own research. Um, and there is the quiz that, that helps you do that. The quiz is in this book, and you can, if you, once you get the book, you can make copies and have your friends and family members go through and do it and uh, kind of get an idea of different personality styles, and of course, you want to do it on yourself first. Okay, so that's the foundation. Um, remember that these four person personality styles that each of us will have typically one that is dominant for us and then one that is secondary. It is possible some people are more even keel and they might be really close. You know, all of the personality styles maybe kind of have a close to a similar score. But most of us will have a primary and a secondary um, personality style that will kind of work together. And the other two scores will be a lot lower. Um, but these are expressed in vastly different ways and combination. No two of us are alike. So the traits that I am listing are general and accurate, but none of us will follow exactly each style perfectly. So for example, as a popular sanguine person, we talk with our hands a lot, as you can tell, and typically popular sanguines are less organized, but I like to be organized. So, you know, I like to have labels on boxes in my garage and things like that. And that is not a typical popular sanguine trait, but that's one thing that I just like to do. So nothing of, you can't just pigeonhole, nothing is, no person is exactly one way or another, okay? So someone that maybe is normally very outgoing and extrovert and extroverted and likes public speaking may still struggle to be in front of a crowd in some situations. So there's just no hard and fast rules. Um, just make sure you're not trying to force people into one category just because you know that's their predominant. They all have different ways of expressing it. Um, so God has made each of us unique, just like a snowflake, and these are general traits that help us guide us and help us understand each other and the different styles. Okay, so for each of these styles that I'm going to list here in just a minute and explain about, at the end, I have chosen a well-known figure that you will know and recognize their name that demonstrates that personality type to an extreme. Um, that's very obviously, clearly that style to help you get in your head what that style is all about. But remember that that kind of extreme leaning toward one personality style versus another is 
not very typical. Um, most people are a little bit more balanced. So I'm just trying to help you better understand and get a clearer picture of that style. It doesn't mean that everyone that has that style is just like that person, okay? Um, so the first personality style, here we go. Popular sanguine. So popular sanguines are high energy and lo fun-loving, outgoing people. They are the ones that organize the parties. They are the party planners. And if there isn't party going on and there's four or five people together, they will make it a party. That's the popular sanguines. They uh, like being in the middle of things. They seek attention, affection, approval, and acceptance from people around them. These people are often boisterous. You know when they come in the room. They bring fun and drama to almost any and every situation. They are what you would call the life of the party. They love the spotlight and they enjoy motivating and encouraging others. They initiate conversations fairly easily, typically, and they can instantly become friends with everyone in a group. Um, however, they're optimistic and charming, but they can also tend to be disorganized, emotional, and very sensitive about what others think about them. Sanguines can often be called someone like Tammy Talker or the type of person that never meets a stranger. They are almost always excited to meet new people and to get, them know, to get to know them well, which can come off to some people as being kind of nosy or pushy, but more often it's just their love of getting to know someone new. In some other types of personality books, they can be identified as the otter, playful, fun, social, adventuresome, like to try new things, um, and they are easily bored with mundane tasks. So if you have a child that is popular sanguine, then it's a good idea to make work or chores as fun as possible. Have a race or a prize for whoever gets done completing the chore first. These types of people do well in a job that involves working with people in sales or customer service. Um, if, if you were in a food service type of setting, these would be the people that you would have on the front line taking the orders, interacting with the customers. These are not the people that would be in the back doing the mundane, you know, washing the dishes and making sure everything was clean or paying the bills. You know, that is, that is not their forte. Um, an example of a pretty extreme popular sanguine that you all probably can relate to would be someone like Bette Midler, or a lot of different types of actors and actresses. But I thought of Bette Midler because she has a famous character in the movie Beaches when she's talking with her best friend, and she says, okay, that's enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? That's classic popular sanguine. Always having the conversation come back to that person. Okay. So popular sanguine is the first one. Next we have is powerful caloric. Powerful calorics are those who are naturally goal-oriented people. They like to achieve and they are someone that is organized quickly and come, rises to the top in a leadership role. Their motto would kind of be like Nike, just do it. Uh, calorics, they're the kind of person they seek loyalty and appreciation from other. But they also strive for control and they want to make sure that they get credit for their achievements. So they'll often tell you, I should get a star, or you know, I don't want an A minus, I want an, an A. That's the kind of person that's a powerful caloric. They're gonna challenge um, those in authority over them. 
They love difficult challenges and difficult assignments so that they can prove that they're the best or that they won or that they achieved it. They have very self-disciplined personalities and they are typically pretty easily able to focus and they make great strong leaders. But the negative part is their drive and determination that they have can cause them to be workaholics sometimes. It can make them very opinionated and stubborn. And it can leave them, at times, insensitive to the feelings of others. Of the caloric, you would also often describe this person as someone who kind of really gets in your face. Or you might say, if you want something done, give it to that person, because it will be done, it will be done on time, and it will be done right, as long as you determine right is their way. That's the right way. Um, you would call this person a doer, a leader, Definitely not someone who takes a back seat and lets life pass them by. They're always on the go, the next project, the next goal. Um, they are much more a take the bull by the horns kind of person. Other personality style books would describe this person as a lion. So the otter is playful and fun, the lion is in charge. Uh, they are the kind of person you want to have around in a time of crisis. They make decisions quickly, and they are typically correct in their decision-making process, which often annoys other personality styles, but they're often right. These types of people make great EMTs or surgeons, firefighters. They are often drawn to jobs in the military or in athletics or coaching, where they can be in charge of their little kingdom. Um, they make great CEOs of companies or leaders in whatever field they find themselves in. A good example <laughs> that we can relate to today um, as an extreme example of a powerful caloric would be President Trump. So I, he fits this personality style almost to a T. I know some people do not like him, which is not unusual for powerful calorics. And typically, powerful calorics really don't care who doesn't like them <laughs> and who does. They are not worried about being uh, people pleasers uh, like popular sanguines. Uh, they are only concerned with being successful and getting the job done and being recognized for their accomplishments. So if you happen to have a child that has some powerful caloric characteristics and is typically we would call these children strong-willed, uh, you can make them your ally by putting them in charge of something and helping them to see and feel valued. So you want to make, this would be a great child to put in charge of taking care of the family pet. If you make sure that they understand that the life and death of that pet is in their hands because they like that kind of power and control. So it's your responsibility to, you know, make sure the pet gets fed and watered or exercised or the cage is cleaned out. So they wouldn't like necessarily doing the cage cleaning out or taking the dog for a walk or whatever. But if they understand that they have the power and control of when that gets to be done, then they, you know, will appreciate that. Um, they need to feel that their role is vital and important. You know, as your children get older, if you want to be really brave, the powerful caloric child would be great to plan the family vacation. You know, you say you have this much money, this is the kind of vacation we want to have, you go ahead and make the plans, uh, you know, approved by parents, of course. Or even, even at a younger age, 
you know, give them some meal ideas. You know, these are some ideas. These are the food plans we have for the next, you know, seven or eight days. You get to decide what order we eat, you know, what food. So, you know, they like being in charge and being in control and setting the agenda. So that's powerful caloric. Next, we have perfect melancholy. The perfect melancholy type of personality is a quieter and deeper and more thoughtful than the others. Melancholy strive for perfection in everything that is important to them. Their motto would be, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. With perfection as their goal, these people are often disappointed and even depressed by less than perfect results. Melancholies need sensitivity and support from others. They require space and silence in which to think before they speak, write, or act. They are task-oriented people. Check mark, check mark. They need the check marks. Um, they are careful and organized. These perfectionistic people thrive on order and do not do well in chaos. You can depend on them to complete a job on time. And to them, if you are not five minutes early to a meeting, then you're already 10 minutes late, and that is absolutely unacceptable to them. Their perfectionism may make them critical and pessimistic, and sometimes they can tend to kind of drive themselves crazy with their efforts to measure up to their own high standards. And they can be even harder on those around them that fail constantly as well because they just don't understand why they cannot do it properly. About this person, you might say, she has it all together. Or, how does she do it all and still look so good doing it? But you may not see the behind the scenes and the anxiety and the struggle and the pressure that they put on themselves to maintain that and make sure that everything is done perfectly. You would call this person a deep thinker. They ask a lot of why questions. They want to know all the details about why to do something this way and not to do it that way. Uh, why now? Um, so this personality will, is the one that will most often question this profile. So if you have a child that says, none of those sound like me, they're probably perfect melancholy. <laughs> they're the ones that don't believe <laughs> necessarily in um, how they are categorized. These type of people often make great detectives or scientists or researchers or accountants. Anything that has numbers and lines that organize black and white things, they, they like that. Accountants, inventors. Other personality style books would call this person the busy beaver. So they, an extreme and well-known example of this personality style that we'd be able to understand and relate to would be someone like Martha Stewart. So very driven, very organized, and thoughtful. Quiet spoken, but totally confident that her way of doing things is the right way. And she's happy to make sure that she can educate people on how to do things the right way. Whether, if, I don't know if you've ever seen Martha Stewart's office, but the labels, you know, you know those label fanatic people are typically perfect melancholy. Um, so if your child has a tendency towards this style, be prepared to answer lots and lots of questions, even more than you would a typical child. And they want to know the how and the why behind things. Lots of patience and sweet, encouraging attitude um, to help discover uh, these thoughtful children. 
Um, they thrive well in a consistent and organized home, and they need to be encouraged to understand that they are loved unconditionally, even when they fail, and that nothing in no one is perfect except for Jesus. And it is often that by our failures, we learn and grow. They really need to know that failure is okay, that the attitude of try, try, and try again is what often will help them and others the most. Okay, so we've done popular, sanguine, powerful caloric, peaceful phlegmatic. The last, oh, I'm sorry, popular, sanguine, powerful caloric, perfect melancholy. The last one is peaceful phlegmatic. These sweet personality types are not surprised at all that they are listed last, <laughs> and they are perfectly okay with that. The phlegmatic person is well-balanced and contented. They don't feel compelled to change the world. Oh, did I, did I go through? Yeah, I did Martha Stewart, yeah. They do not feel compelled to change the world or to upset, upset the status quo. They have much more of an attitude, if it isn't broke, don't fix it and leave me alone in the process. Um, they tend to have a view of life that their goal should be to conserve energy. And why stand when you can sit? Why sit when you can lay down? Why bother to put shoes on? You know, they just whatever is simple and easier. Uh, to the more driven personalities, uh, like popular um, sanguine and prophet caloric especially, but to those more driven people, um, they can kind of appear to be slower or even lazy. But this isn't because they aren't smart. Sometimes it's because they are smarter, and they're always looking for the easier, simpler you know, path of least resistance. They're always looking for the, the simpler things in life. While other people may worry and fret and have high anxiety, um, they much have an attitude of, don't sweat the small stuff. It'll be okay. Let go. Let God. And they don't say that as just a catchphrase. They're serious about it. Let go. Let God. God will take care of it. Um, live and let live. Uh, they definitely, one of their mottos would be, you know, take time every day to smell the roses. Phlegmatics do not like risk or challenges. They are not the ones typically jumping out of the airplanes or skydiving or anything like that. Uh, they don't like surprise parties. They're not really a fan of parties in general. <laughs> Um, they will typically do their best to avoid stressful situations, but if forced into a situation um, like that, they do work well under pressure. And they are great to have as part of a group because they're much more team-oriented and they're worried about everyone being successful. Uh, they don't need to talk as much as the sanguines, but they do have a subtle and quick wit, and they are great with the one-line zingers, and they often seem to say the right thing at the right time because they're such good listeners. And they kind of do a great job of taking the pulse of the room and what's going on around them. Um, they have good insight um, into different you know, activities or relationship because they take a step back and they watch a long time before participating. They seek peace and quiet and they tend to act as negotiators instead of fighters. These loyal individuals find worth and respect in providing for their families and assisting people um, in need in a non-glamorous way. They are behind-the-scenes people. They are not in front of the camera. Um, but they like for everybody to be successful and succeed. 
Um, this is the kind of person that you would say, oh, she's so sweet and dependable. You would view this person as a watcher. Other personality books would describe this person as a golden retriever kind of person. They are loyal, calm, devoted, a true friend. Often you will see successful calorics and sanguines that are surrounded by strong phlegmatic personalities, backing them up, helping to encourage them, take care of the details behind the scenes that those two personality styles don't enjoy dealing with. And uh, they are excellent listeners, and they love to watch and enjoy the antics of a sanguine or a caloric. It's very entertaining for them. So you would say about this person that they are an old soul or that still waters run deep. The more extreme example of this type of person would be someone like Henry Kissinger. Very thoughtful, intelligent, diplomatic, and calm, and a negotiator for peace and the best outcome for everyone. So since we mentioned, um, there's a warning thing on your phone. I don't know if the battery's going to go away. But uh, since we mentioned President Trump earlier, um, I do want to say that you could also look at this personality style for our First Lady Melania Trump. She is probably a very strong, phlegmatic type of person. Loyal, smart, a thinker, you know, no speaks like five or six languages. Uh, she prefers the background, but she is extremely loyal to President Trump, and she wants to do anything she can to support her husband. So, if you have a child that has phlegmatic tendency, you can make sure that they feel valued. Don't compare them negatively to their siblings that may be much more, you know, outgoing or take charge kind of people. Um, do make sure that you give them deadlines because phlegmatics are notorious procrastinators. Take time to listen. Uh, oftentimes, they're quality time from the five love languages. They're quality time kind of people. Give them plenty of time to accomplish things. They don't like to be rushed or stressed. They like to be respected and appreciated. These types of people are great at behind the scenes organizing and implementing plans of leaders. They really, really need to enjoy their work in order to be motivated to do it. So find their passion and go in that direction. Since we've been kind of talking a little bit about presidents, once you know these personality styles, it is really kind of fun to look at our presidents from the past and kind of see where they fit. And one thing that when I was doing some research on that one time, so as you can tell, most of our presidents are going to be powerful calorics. You know, there's some, Bill Clinton was very popular sanguine. Um, so, but you can see even perfect melancholies, you know, President Barack Obama, typically a very perfect melancholy kind of person, very organized and things like that. But we've only had, in the research that I read, we've only had one peaceful phlegmatic president in our history, and that was Gerald Ford. So they can rise to leadership positions. But if you think about having 45 presidents, we've had one that was peaceful phlegmatic. Typically, they, they don't end up in leadership roles. They're much better in supporting roles. Okay. So that is the short summary of the personality styles. Popular, powerful, perfect, and peaceful. So as I've said, there's all kinds of different combinations. And depending on what is your primary personality style versus your secondary personality style can have you know, vastly different things can come out from that. Someone that um, is a popular sanguine but for primary but has a peaceful phlegmatic secondary is going to have a much harder time and not be nearly as, you know, um, 
outgoing or extroverted. They're going to be fun, but they don't want the spotlight kind of thing. So um, there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different combinations there. So another good reason to get this book and read it is there is a little quiz in there that you can take, and it goes through and helps you see, you know, where you fit and, you know, how close it matters. So, like, if you score really, really high in, on, on powerful caloric, um, but then your second one is a big drop down before you get to your second one, let's say perfect. The closer those are, the more even you are. Um, and I will say that it's, you know, it's fun to learn about that with different relationships and marriages and to kind of see where you have in common. It isn't necessary, but it is helpful in marriages if you have at least one personality style in common. So like for my husband and I, he is, you know, very powerful caloric and then he's perfect melancholy is, is kind of close. I am very popular sanguine, but then my next one is powerful caloric. So we have the powerful calorics in common, and that helps us, you know, relate to one another a little bit better. Um, my son, you know, anyway, so it depends on, you might have to work harder with people that you don't have any personality style in common with. Okay, so it's great to kind of learn about those um, people around you that you interact and kind of see their strengths and weaknesses to some degree and get a better idea of how you can communicate with them more clearly um, to improve that relationship. Um, for children, um, my kids, we've done personality styles with them when they were younger, but actually we talking about it this morning before I came here and they got all excited about it again. We haven't discussed it in years. And so they went through and took the quiz. They took the quiz. And it was neat that what we thought they would be, they did end up being. Um, but it was just really, really interesting to see, you know, they need, your kids need to be probably a little older than 10 years old to get a really accurate assessment. And your personality style really keeps changing as you grow um, and as you mature. So when I was younger, my peaceful phlegmatic numbers were really low. Um, well, not quite zero, but very low. But as I've aged and I've gotten more mature and I've gained some experience and some wisdom, you know how we say people mellow with age? My peaceful phlegmatic numbers are slowly climbing. Perfect melancholy numbers, hmm, not so much. That probably will never be my strength. <laughs> So no one style or combination of styles is any better than any other. So don't let you or your kids say, you know, popular sanguine is the best or, you know, no. Everybody is different. Uh, make sure that, you know, my sons actually don't have any personal styles in common. Um, they, neither one of them, any of them in common, but they're still best friends and they still get along. But we still have to work with them. You know, my older son that's popular sanguine, he thinks that hanging on or, or um, you know, the kid, my, his little brother, that that's okay. But when Gabe resists that, you know, we have to try and understand that um, that's not what makes him comfortable and you need to ask permission for that. You know, Gabe, can, can we wrestle now or instead of kind of being Matthew's normal kind of boisterous self? So... Um, I'll do want to give you, I got two more minutes. Are we okay? Okay. 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 Um, just one more quick story. Um, that's why I said it. our sons are very different, but Matthew is very pop powerful caloric, which, um, has been a challenge raising him for me. <laughs> so Matthew is never meets a stranger. 
you know. And Gabe would be pretty happy if he never had to leave the house again except to go hunting. So the quarantine thing, not bothering Gabriel at all. You know, his goal in life is to live on 100 acres in a little tiny house and have a but you know, dogs and cats and horses and things like that. So he's fine. He wants bees and chickens and cows and raise his own, you know, get whatever. Make his own maple syrup. Anyway, um, Matthew wants to be around people. So when the boys were little, uh, I had to work with Matthew about stranger danger um, because he would just happily go off with anyone. And he didn't really think that he needed to get my permission to go anywhere with anyone. Anyone that started to come, well, they wanted to talk to me, Mom. But Gabe has a very huge stranger danger circle. If you're not born and live in our home, then you are a stranger and you are dangerous. Um, so with Gabe, I had to work with him on being more polite, looking people in the eyes and saying hello, um, because otherwise he would just prefer to hide behind either me or Matthew. Um, so it was good to kind of work, understand their personality styles, and not make them uncomfortable, but teach them that, you know, Gabe, you can, you can be introverted and still stand politely next to me and still be respectful and shake someone's hand or, you know, say hello, ask them how are you. And with Matthew, I had to teach him to restrain him, to hold his hand so that he didn't run off with anyone. Um, so they both had things they had to learn to help them both gain skills that they did not have naturally. So that's the basics, ladies. I hope and pray that you've enjoyed this information and that you will find it helpful and useful to you in your different relationships and to help you understand yourself better. I told you at the beginning that my husband and I got married a little older, but we also got married very quickly. We, from the day that we met to the day we got married was about eight months. And so we didn't know each other very well. And I'm so thankful that we had people that recommended um, to us to read books like this the first couple of years in our marriage because this was eye-opening for us. You know, Greg could not relate to someone. Uh, he's the kind of person with perfect melancholy traits that he has his sock drawer organized, you know, by color and style and, you know, and height and things like that. And I was always the person trying to dig in my sock drawer to find a match. So to help us understand each other, this was a big benefit. So I hope that you all can find some benefits in your relationship with that as well. Remember, there's no hard and fast rules. Everybody is unique. And the only real truth we need to remember is that we all are created by God and that he loves us. And it, we just need to have faith and trust in him. So blessings to each of you on your journey. Um, and I hope this helps you. I'm happy to answer if there's questions that I can answer. But do remember that I like this. So this is a neat hobby for me. But I am by no means an expert or, you know, know everything about this. So Thank you, Alice. you're so welcome. Thank you. Oh, there was no questions? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I went, I went 35 minutes. Sorry, guys. Okay.
sorry, Deb. I keep getting close when I'm talking to Sanguine. I'm like, I just want to give everybody a hug. So, Karen, do you have any questions? Kendra. Hi, Kendra. Um, is it Kendra Vaughn? Kendra Gross. Oh, I don't know. Okay, okay. sorry. So, anyway, um, what kind of questions do you have? Do you have, do you know what personality you are? Um, I, I had a couple that I really get identified with. Oh, Perfect Kendra's Melancholy Deb. <laughs> What'd you call me? Perfect melancholy. Perfect melancholy? Yeah. I'll have to read this before. Yeah. There's Charlene. So the three of us came there. Stephanie, do you have any questions? Karen. <laughs> We're glad to have questions. Tara. Tara, what kind of personality do you think you are? <laughs> you know Tara. She's the first Tara Amen. She's the first one. Who I can identify with, I took the quiz that Nikki posted, and I am sanguine otter. Yeah. Tara says, I don't think I have a question, but I enjoyed the talk. Thank you. Hi, Heather Bush. Karen, that's okay. It shut off, but we, we recorded it to our... It should be posting. Yeah. It should be posting the whole talk. should be posting to our Facebook page. Um, those of you that came in late can go back and watch the whole thing. And um, hopefully your group leaders have gotten together um, and figured out how they're going to communicate the questions with you. Hi, Kate Nichols. And Tara says she's going to take the quiz, so I guess I didn't see it. Virginia wants to know what her personality is. Virginia McCormick? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's definitely very peaceful thematic. She's very sweet and quiet and a deep thinker. Um, yeah, and I don't know, she probably has some perfect melancholy. She's very organized and structured and, you know, very much on time. So I, I would guess, knowing you like I do, I would guess um, peaceful thematic is your strong one and your secondary one would be perfect melancholy. I agree, I agree. I would, I would say, quiet, yeah, Virginia has very little powerful caloric in her. She probably has a little popular sanguine, but very little powerful caloric. And she's one of those who likes to sit in the background. Yes, she yeah. likes a very good team player, yeah. things like that, yeah. Absolutely. Hi, Nikki. I didn't see that you had put the quiz online, so I'm going to have to go back and look at the quiz. Let's see. Karen Hayden, which is yeah, 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 Karen. I know Karen. She's relaxing with the baby, reviving today. Oh, she's recovering because she had kidney and stone surgery yesterday. I saw yesterday. that. Uh, yeah, I saw Natasha's post about that. So she will go back and watch prayers, please. Karen, I hope you feel better. I'm sorry. Yeah, been not, praying for you, Karen. Not a fun time to be sick and with babies and stuff. So anybody else? We'll close it down. But if you have any questions, if you want to post them on our Facebook page, I'll um, direct them to Allison, and I know she'd be glad to um, shoot yeah. us a thing. We'll give her a link. And, sure. And we'll do it. Um, Nikki said, "Thank you so much. It was wonderful. I did find a free quiz online. I posted to the group." Nick, yes, we know this. I am definitely a melancholy. Yes. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. With maybe a good dose of uh, powerful caloric in there, too. I don't know. Well, yeah, she, I don't know. You know what? As Allison said, and this is what I learned, as you mature, yes. as you age, yeah. you do become, you do kind of evolve. Yes. Something else. I think about, and Nikki, not to put you on the spot, but I think about five years ago where you didn't say anything, and now you're doing 
And I know that your business helped mm -hmm. a bit a lot, but mm -hmm. you did Facebook Live yesterday to kind of just encourage all of us. And you are like, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. And that, that is true. Sometimes you can be put in roles that kind of force you to develop other you know, traits and, and things that maybe not be part of your natural things. There is some great things in this yeah, book, too. Book oh, here. This is the book. This is the book. And she really recommends it. Yeah. It's probably backwards. Yeah. Personality Plus for, for parents. parents. And yeah. there's the gal. Lawrence, Lawrence Litterauer. Litterauer. I would also say that you can work on areas that you feel that you are negative in, too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm finding that I become, I'm becoming a little more sorted out as I have matured. When I took personality tests in my, like, even as a teenager through my entire 20s, I was one of those people that even if they were an administrator where all they did was give personality tests to hundreds of college students or whatever, I was somebody who tested across the board mm -hmm. on all of them. And it was not that I was confused. It was partially, you know, I grew up in a household with six other people. We all had different personalities and strong personalities. And I had natural talents that were in one area, but yet um, I did things that were maybe out of character um, that were similar to my older sisters that then developed aspects that would not probably naturally have been developed. And so you can very definitely, like a lot of people meet me and think I'm extroverted. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm absolutely introverted. Um, and I had somebody make me take the Myers-Briggs again because they couldn't believe I was introverted. But when you look at mine, I'm, I have a very odd personality type. And even as I've gotten older, I still typically, some are now a little more differentiated out as I've matured. But, um, but I still have a lot of characteristics kind of, and I think it's because my parents were different personalities than I am. Yes. My, you know, I have four sisters, we are, you know, we're all close. We all have very different personalities. So um, I can pick out some people I know very solidly, like, oh, they're the lion. Even amongst my kids, I think I have a couple. Mm -hmm. I have one in particular that because she's the last one, I think she's got a fairly decent mix of at least three personality yeah. types. So. Well, and that's, Charlene brings up a really good point that I did not have time to go into today. But where she's talking about, you know, she wouldn't normally act that way, that's called masking. And uh, Florence does a good job of covering that in the book. So. Like um, my dad, my grandfather was a really strong, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force during World War II, a very, very forceful personality. And actually he was so strong and so, you know, hard-nosed is probably the nicest word to think of, um, so controlling that he actually affected my dad's personality and forced my dad to kind of change his personality. Then once my dad grew up and got out on his own, his personality started reverting back to his natural tendencies the way that God created him. So you can have like sharp, so that's called masking. If you kind of feel like you're kind of an actor or a player that you're playing a role that you don't feel comfortable, then when you go back and you're by yourself at night in your bed, you can kind of, you may be being influenced, um, you know, to be something that you're not. Um, Charlene, you sound like your, your was a little bit more of a positive situation than what my dad went through with my grandfather, but we need to be careful in different situations. Think about, you know, traumatic things that went on in our world, our society. Think about the Great Depression and how that made people, you know, have to be forced, you know, when you have a famine or wars, you know, um, you're forced to act in a way that goes against, you know, your typical personality style that can be caused, called masking and it can kind of change, but eventually things will, will come out. 
Um, so anyway, just be careful about that. That's another thing that I was talking about. Make sure that you are not you know, critiquing or thinking that one personality style is better or worse than another. There are strengths and weaknesses with all of them. So there's not like, oh good, I'm this, and oh sad that you're, you know, it's not like that. And they all have different, you know, they can all display and come out in different ways. Yeah, I like that when you talked about the positive about this and then the negative about this, mm -hmm. so that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, Nikki put in the comments, and just so everybody that's watching this sees it, she says she has a copy of the parents' book that she's happy to send traveling if anyone wants to, and all you have to do is like sterilize it when you get it. So. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I wish I could see you in person, but thank you for letting me do this. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Thank you, and thank you for coming out and doing this live. Um, hopefully it will work out that we can do it next time. So anyway, um, you guys have a great day and stay healthy and stay safe. And let me pray. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this time we've had. Thank you for the way you've created each of us uniquely. Help us to utilize what you've given each one of us uniquely in two ways that glorify you. Thank you. We love you so much, and we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. See you guys. Amen. Okay. <sighs> Ending my video, then how do you post it? Save? Is that what you Save do? it, and then it'll say, once it's saved, it will ask you if you want to post it to your right. Okay.